podcasts from Aberdeen Standard Investment Trusts. Invest in good company. Hello and welcome to this Aberdeen Standard Investment Trust podcast focusing on the Standard Life Property Income Trust. With me today is the fund manager, Jason Bagley, who will be talking about what's happened over the past year and how he's positioning for the year ahead. Welcome, Jason. Let's start by looking back over the past year and what's happened to the various parts of the market, so high street, industrials, offices and so on. Hi. Well, yeah, what a year. Obviously, the big influence really has been lockdowns and how that's impacted on different parts of the market. So everyone knows that logistics has done exceptionally well as all all retail really went online, apart from a, a little bit of food shopping. And obviously, offices generally haven't been occupied now for a year. I'm on week 57 of home working, which has been really rather unusual. So that's obviously restricted our ability to go and look at, at real estate assets to see how they trade normally and assess them. So lots of challenges, but really just an accentuation of themes which we're already seeing. Great. And I mean, how have you handled these challenges? I mean, whether it's negotiating with tenants who can't pay their rent or, you know, buying and selling during times of lockdown, reshaping the portfolio for a potentially new world. Yeah. So, I mean, the first phase obviously was the mass exodus from places of work to the home. And what we actually found was in many cases, it was very hard to have discussion with tenants because people went straight on to furlough. Organisations were struggling with their day-to-day before they could even engage with us. But we picked up very quickly with working from home, engaged a lot with our tenants. The first phase, actually, we were quite keen to say to them, let's not get carried away about making arrangements for the future because we don't know what it looks like. And actually, we found very quickly that people who wanted to say, we're going to defer three months, we'll pay it back the second three months. Actually, really quite quickly, we were saying, let's think bigger term because we don't believe that anything's going to happen that quickly to enable you to pay back the rent. And so it's been a pragmatic approach, different approach to different tenants. So some can can pay, many paid throughout. In fact, our collection for last year was just under 94% overall. And, and it should increase a little bit more because there are a number of tenants who have taken the opportunity not to pay, but they have the money and they know they've got to pay when the government takes away our restrictions on, on chasing them. So it's been horses for courses, I think is probably the best description. And what about capital value? So prices appear to have come down some way in kind of distressed markets such as retail. Are you you seeing any opportunities start to emerge and anything you've taken advantage of in the portfolio? Yeah, so valuation movement was really interesting. Um, We actually wrote down the value of every asset in the portfolio over the first six months of the year, as we went from this period of great optimism in December last year, through to obviously going to the first national lockdown, etc. The market generally didn't take quite the same approach. So we have seen quite a lot of valuation falls within the retail sector, particularly shopping centres. Towards the back end of last year and into this year, we're beginning to see a bit more resilience in affordable retail warehousing which is targeted towards DIY and sort of budget retail. Fashion is still quite, quite challenged there. Industrial and logistics obviously uh, increase in value quite a lot over the period. And offices, the pricing there is varying quite a bit on, on risk. And actually, you know, a, a bit like tenant interactions, we didn't rush into decision-making early last year, but we've watched how we think things are going to develop. And towards the back end of last year, had a very active approach, actually, with a number of sales. 
and they they went into a variety of areas. So we looked at our office portfolio. We've done a lot of work as a, an investment house, and I've sort of chaired our office strategic group to try and look at what does the office of the future look like? What are the characteristics which are going to attract people back into the office, provide places where people want to work? And so we've actually sold a, a couple of office assets and a couple more are under offer where we don't believe that they are going to be a future fit, for want of a better word. And we also actually sold a few multi-let industrial estates. We felt that they're generally let small units let to local companies, most susceptible to the economic damage of COVID and Brexit. We mustn't forget Brexit in, in the, the last year and its impacts. So we've been doing a little bit of repositioning um, and our new purchases to replace that and to bolster the income have a very strong ESG focus. I am convinced that the way to get the best future income growth and capital growth will be through having high ESG standards. And you mentioned industrials there. That's obviously been the kind of sweet spot of the market. But on the other hand, there's been a lot of money headed in that direction anyway. So you've actually taken profits on some areas, but are some areas still quite attractive in that in that space? Yeah, so effectively what we look to do is differentiate between logistics, which is doing exceptionally well, and the smaller multi-less estates where we believe there is a great level of risk, which wasn't yet priced. So we could we could so realize the profit from those investments before we think there could be future problems. So the logistics side has certainly got a lot more expensive, a lot more low yielding. We think there is still opportunity. One of the things we're actually looking at doing is funding some development of what we call mid-box, so medium-sized logistics units, where we can end up with an attractive yield um, and assets which have the, the best ESG credentials and will show the, the best quality of growth. The reason we, we do the funding is we don't take the development risk. We'll take on some letting risk to get the most attractive pricing. What does ESG look like in commercial property? Is it is it about having sort of efficient buildings or responsible building or how does it work? Yeah, so obviously carbon's a huge focus at the, at the moment and we're doing a lot of work on navigating our pathway to carbon neutrality. But effectively, I you know, splitting it up, the environmental aspect is mainly about energy efficiency on, on our buildings. So... No, simple things like making sure that we've designed them so that they're airtight. We're not heating, air, you know, just like our houses at home with old windows. So making sure they're airtight. We make sure that the plants we operate, so air conditioning, etc., is running really efficiently and only when it needs to. So LED lighting, making sure we're in a position where we're not using more energy than we need to. But that's only a, only a part of it. The materials we use obviously have embedded carbon making sure that we're very careful about what, what we use and how we use it, what we can reuse. But actually, the really interesting area now is probably moving towards social and particularly in the office environment, provision of great amenity, changing facilities, secure bike storage, so that people have different methods of getting to work. In a number of our offices, we have a sort of a mixed use large office, which tenants can use as an auditorium for their big meetings, which they, they have on an infrequent basis. But we can also use, for example, at lunchtime as a yoga studio. So being able to provide a community feel is really important. Wellness is so important now for employers to encourage their people into the offices. And, and so, yes, technology is forming a part of that. Let's turn to the um, the income side now. You, you mentioned that 
in 2020, actually, things weren't as, as bad as they, they might have initially appeared at the start of the year. What are the income prospects like for 2021? Are you confident you can still deliver a, a decent yield? Yeah, I mean, I think year of two halves. This first quarter, obviously, has been a significant closure of the economy, and that is having an impact. That's going to gradually release. And I think we'll, we'll see a bounce back in many activities within the UK, partly because we've all got cabin fever, and we can't, of course, really travel beyond the UK. So I think we will see a very rapid acceleration this year. My concern, perhaps, is you know, what are the longer-term impacts on, on the economy from Brexit and from COVID? So making sure we don't get too carried away about you know, this sort of short-term gain. But certainly for 2021 and into 2022, we should see a pickup on the income side. And do you think that the pandemic will rebase yields going forward? Well, that's a wonderful question. And I, I think it's probably going to lead to greater disparity in, in where yields sit. So on the better quality stock with the most secure income, we're likely to be in a, a low interest rate environment for quite a bit longer. So we could actually see some, some yield compression there. And yields remain very key. I think on poorer quality stock, and risk assets, particularly assets which are performing very badly in an environmental uh, consideration. We could easily see yields move out. And against this sort of broader backdrop, I mean, it's been quite a complicated time in commercial property. I'm wondering, can it still fulfil the role that it's traditionally held in a portfolio, that, you know, that of stable income and stable growth and, you know, inflation-adjusted kind of gentle diversifying returns yes absolutely i believe it can do but the importance of diversification is is really important now so whereas previously someone may have felt quite comfortable going and buying a high street shop net to boots i suggest that now that that isn't going to fulfill the needs of reliable sustainable income and so instead one needs to be able to have a diversified portfolio with a range of tenants and also quite a dynamic portfolio. So, you know, if I think you know, 10, 15 years ago, retail was up at about 35 to 40% of most portfolios. I don't think it'll be a main asset class within the next three to five years. Industrial logistics will be, offices will be. But we're more likely to see residential in its widest sense, so things involving beds, be that hotels, student accommodation, et cetera, replacing retail. So quite a dynamic environment to ensure you do have sustainable income, you've got to stay relevant. Mm. And what about an environment where inflation rises and possibly even interest rates rise? Though, I mean, that looks that looks some way out. Yeah, I mean, that, that's going to be a really interesting time, isn't it? And so much will depend on, on what the driver is of that inflation. So as long as it is because of growth and an increased demand, real estate generally responds really well to that both in terms of growing rents, but also appreciation in the real assets. The sort of stagnation type of impact where it's imported inflation and a weaker economy, then actually real estate struggles a bit more in that to meet real return targets. Okay, and with that in mind, the sort of million dollar question, how confident are you in the UK's recovery, both, I guess, over the next kind of 12 months and, and you know, the continued dynamism of the economy longer term? I mean, certainly in the short term, it looks as though it's going to be a really buoyant end to this year. 
But we've got to remember that's coming off such a low base. And there is lost capacity in the economy for this year, next year, and maybe a bit into the year after as a result of COVID and Brexit. Brexit is a longer term impact. I was actually looking to order something on the internet, as many of us have been doing. It's actually a pair of ski boots getting ready, thinking of when I can go skiing again. They're in France. They're in stock. They're unlikely to get to me for another four to six weeks. So, we're, you know, there are barriers to trade. It, it, is, it isn't frictionless at the moment. And, and that, I think, might impact on a number of the way retailers work. It could actually be a further boost to logistics as we have more people storing more in the UK to, because just-in-time becomes harder. So it's going to be a really interesting pattern, I think, of how trade develops and how we respond to it. Great. Okay. Thank you, Jason. Lots to think about there. If you'd like to find out more about the trust, there's plenty of information on the website, www.slipit.co.uk. And thanks to everyone for tuning in. Thank you. This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is provided for information purposes only and should not be considered as an offer investment recommendation or solicitation to deal in any of the investments of products mentioned herein and does not constitute investment research. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Aberdeen Standard Investments. The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up and investors may get back less than the amount invested. Past performance is not a guide to future returns. Return projections are estimates and provide no guarantee of future results.